Hello, everybody. How are you? Uh, welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Work Life. Why? Because there are so many of us who are so, so unhappy in where we spend the majority of our time, and that's in our workspace. And it's time for us all to be super happy with that part of our lives. Yes, I did say the word job and work and happy in the exact same statement. <laughs> and Karin's going to help us do that. Hi, Karin. <laughs> Hi. How are we this week? You know, we got to dance, dance into the session. <laughs> we do. We have to add some liveliness. Yeah. Me, my we need a little bit. <laughs> We need a little bit of that, right? We do. Like, I, I just have found that so many people right now feel beat up. Yeah. Like, they just feel like, oh, what is next? And it's like, we only feel that way when we're not creating our happiness from the inside out. Yeah. And we're not living authentically. Yeah. And so, obviously, that's why we're here to help people kind of get through this because... Today's a big day change here in the United States. Whether you like it or dislike it, no matter, it's still changing, <laughs> right? Like changing. likes or dislikes. But this is about regardless of that. Yeah. Choose happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also like there's an opportunity to um, be perpetually inquisitive. Ooh, I like that. And what I mean by that is. Sounds kinky. <laughs> I wish it was that, but it's not. <laughs> I guess it could be. I guess it could be. But um, no COVID. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cammy. Oh, can I good. have one? Yeah, you want some? <laughs> um. Yeah, the reason why I say that is because if we don't examine the things that are coming in that make us feel uneasy or uncomfortable or that we don't like, then how could we ever take action? You can't. Like that, if you don't ask the questions, it is a recipe for stewing in your own distress, right? Like, well, you, so, do. you do. Yeah. So if you, if you feel like you want if you don't like something, you have to ask yourself, what would I prefer? Like, I don't like this. I want it to be different. You can't wait for somebody else outside to bring you your solution. Right. Like, you really have to ask yourself. And that's a one, it's a discipline, but two, it keeps you in your power. Totally keeps you in your right? power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like, are you ready for a change? Okay. Well, what do you really want? And then what does that, what, what might that look like? And also what stands in your way and what's the number one people, what number one thing you think that people say, if you ask them what stands in their way? Money. I don't have the money to change. I have to pay my bills. I can't change my job. Yeah. You want to tell them, let's talk to them about that, Julie. What do you have to say about that? Oh, silly goose. That's what I have to say about it because why would you let money block you from happiness? And people say, well, I'm just not happy in the money. But, but we have to realize we have to change the story. Yep. Changing the story and what you tell yourself then changes your reality. Yep. And it's so counterintuitive by the way that we've been trained 
and how we've lived our lives up to this point. But it's certainly um, a place where when you choose that, so you're saying that you're suffering because of the money in your life with a lack thereof or not enough space. You know, I've helped a lot of people walk across a lot of bridges to the life that they want to create, you know, and you just take one step at a time. But if you're telling yourself you're not doing it because of that, well, then that then becomes your reality. Yeah. So I want, wait, (laughs) I want people to hear that. (laughs) You're hearing and believing that that's why you're not doing it. You are making it so. I know. And that's a tough one to wrap the noodle around. But it's so true because what you think, what you speak, and what you feel then becomes your reality because you are the creator of your life. All the good, all the bad, all the in-between, you participated in the creation of that. So for an example, like it was really, really hard for me to, you know, back in the day I worked um, for an insurance company and it was like, I put up with a compensation plan that I had to work like 80 hour weeks to do the right thing for people and satisfy my employment contract because they wanted me to sell everybody insurance. Well, we know how everybody loves insurance sales. Oh yeah. Can't wait to buy that. (laughs) Can't wait to burn my money is what it feels like. I would walk into parties and I'd be like, Hey, I would be talking like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, Oh, I'm a financial planner. And they'd be like, Oh, (laughs) I would just walk somewhere else. I'm like, I'm really a nice person. I promise. (laughs) I couldn't understand the stigma. And it was because Then when I spent a few years trying to satisfy my employment contract and do the right thing for people, and I was having to work 80 hours a week to do that because I refused to sell insurance to somebody who didn't actually truly need it. Yeah, I didn't have to sell them. They actually had a need and I filled the need, but I see a ton of people to find that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It became a numbers game, right? right? Like the people are out there but I got to sift through to the ones who really need it. Yeah. Right, as opposed to sell everybody everything. Yeah. And, um, and, and this is why people have this bad taste in their mouth about financial people, particularly insurance people, yeah. you know, because there's been this push energy to push people into stuff that they don't really internalize. And then you buy a product that may or may not align with what your desires are for you and your family. And so um, we all have our story of that, right? Of what is working or not working. Um, And so I just think it's important to recognize the fact that, you know what? Um, I realized that I didn't want to work 80 hour weeks anymore. And I realized that I really wanted to um, help people holistically. It made me start to realize it was way before it was coined in my industry that I really wanted to help people with life planning. Yeah, which not is not financial planning. Yeah, which is not something that um, is typically, you know, typically talked about. Yeah, back in 2003, I started charging just like a consulting fee to do financial planning. And nobody did that. In my industry, everyone had to sell you a product to be paid. And I was like, well, I don't want to have to sell you something every time I want to call and say, hi, just to see how you are and check in with you. But 
the system was set up so that you couldn't do that. So I just started charging people for my time and said, you know what, pay me a fee once a year and it's a maintenance thing. So that it, it was way before like subscriptions came into being like, yeah, pay for a subscription to Orange Theory so you can go anytime you want, but it's a monthly fee, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I literally did that back in 2003 for financial planning. And still to this day, most of the industry is still not there but all the consultants are telling financial planners all to change to that. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge resistance to change because there's still this push that I have to sell you something to talk to you. Yeah. And so it's, it's a I, bring, I bring that up for people to realize that you have to decide who you are and how you want to represent yourself in the world, no matter what your career looks like, there's a way to apply you to what you love to do and make a ton of money doing it. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it does require kind of upending the apple cart, but I would, I would ask anybody who's listening to like, consider if they're feeling anything as a result of this conversation, like, is there a little resonance on the inside? Is there a part of you that wants to believe what we're saying? Is there a part of you that is right. saying like, yeah, I can kind of get with that. Like that, that makes sense. Or that's something that I want. I encourage you to to do a couple things, keep coming back, send right. us notes, come on live. Yeah, we want to help you guys. We don't want to hear be here just talking to ourselves. We want to help yeah, you. Yeah, just and don't don't just sit in it, which is why I keep going back to that perpetual inquiry. It's like you you need to know what you would prefer. Right. And then one of Julie's primary actions is choose. Right. You got to decide and choose, right? And you, it's not until you have a clarity of your own vision or intentionality that you can take action that really moves you towards what you think you want. Totally. So in your work life, listen, we spend so much time. I don't have a good stat right now. I've had it in the past, but we spend the majority of our lives working. Right. You deserve to be in the place that actually feeds you while you're feeding, serving others. You what does that look like? And you can write that down and you can explore it. No one ever has to see it. Shh. Put it up on the first. Your, your secret initially, right? But at least be in, in, in a truth space with yourself. Like, what would I really rather be doing? And don't worry about if it looks like something that you've never been trained to do because right. there's probably a way to take whatever your experience is and navigate it into the industry like every industry has some of the same structure right right there are financial people there are sales people there are researchers there are marketing people there are general managers there are teams and manufacturing like every every industry. aspect yep Every industry. So no matter what it is that you feel like you've been trained to do, you can get closer to the thing you want to do, just even using your historical experience to get you right. in the door. Start there. Right. Start there. Maybe you've always wanted to be a singer, but you've been trained as an attorney. Well, you know what I'm going to say. How can you get into the industry through law first? Right. How can you start to build relationships and meet people, understand the nature of even agenting, like writing contracts for people, 
right. whether it's for the venues or for the actual artists. I love where you're going with that because, you know, so many people be like, oh my God, you're like a marriage counselor. This is like financial therapy. <laughs> and I'm like, it is. And I'm like, I, I just love helping people get to the mm -hmm. place that they desire to be. And you have to go through gunked up emotions that are stuck inside because people come to the table with all their conditioning from their childhoods. And so if you're, if you're a couple, well, then you've got two people and then you're trying to find what the new stick is. Right. And when you then apply and you say like, oh yeah, I'm like a marriage counselor for finance, but yet I'm a teacher, you know, and I integrated that into finance. I've even been coined at one point, like a financial healer, you know, and it's like, there are aspects. I love how you said that. Like, if you want to be a singer, well then go like, I, I coached one of my employees. He really wanted to become, um, he, he's like a baseball nut, a sport mm -hmm. nut, like nut, nut, nut. And I go, is there a reason why you just don't build your business around uh, professional sports players then? He was like, I can do that. I'm like, why not? It's more competitive and it's a bigger space, but you like sleep, eat and breathe professional sports. Yeah, when I, when I talk to people about their soul code, I talk about the fact that there are things that we've been born with inherently part of our DNA, our call it your, your spiritual DNA. And the things that you love are meant to be actively part of how you serve on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. They're meant to be activated, whether it's in your own business or whether it's working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And often as children, especially, especially at this point in humanity, like the, the timeline of humanity, we are only now really becoming used to people being in a gig economy or people doing what they really like like what they want to do for so long was all about being part of the industrial complex, right? Like you followed this path and everybody who was successful had to go through this shoot first, right. high school, college, maybe graduate school into one of these major industries, right? It's not that way anymore, which is a blessing, but you have to take a look at what really speaks to you. Like if you want to be an ultimate success, like if success is part of your nature and what you feel is important, I want to be really good at this. And you got to be really good at the thing that's calling you to be good. I know. And, and so that you can also giggle along the way, like so many people, like I, I before I wrote my first book, The Emotion Behind Money, I, I would drive down Randolph Street here in Chicago and I would see all these people getting off the train every day. Did they look like this? they look like their faces were kicked in. Like they were miserable looking on their faces. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hell if that's ever going to be my life. Like I, cause then all that happens when you're in your early sixties, then is you turn into the crotchety old person that no one wants to work with anyway, because for 20 years you've been doing something you don't want to do anymore because it's not feeding your heart and soul, but you're doing it for the paycheck. Yeah, and I get it. We all need money. It's it's a it's how we make agreements with each other, right? Like I'll pay this to get that or whatever. Sure. But it also like you don't realize how your emotional body 
and you're feeling like if you spend eight plus hours a day in a work environment, either with people you don't like or doing things you don't like or that don't somehow feed you, you don't leave that at the door when you exit the office. <laughs> right. Those frustrations <laughs> get embedded. They get embedded in your cell tissue. They like, they live in your field. Right. And we're not designed. I, I call it like, it's like there was a childhood way back childhood game called hot potato. And we used to oh, play yeah. it with a ball <laughs> and we stand and it was a little bit like musical chairs, but with a ball and I like negative I actually I, used the potato. Oh. <laughs> we're Irish though. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, we used a ball? We used a potato in high <laughs> Okay, see how much fun you can have doing the work you do in the world? I just want to illustrate that to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's crazy, but we, we're not designed to hold on to negative vibrations. We want to get rid of them as fast as we can. It's just like the hot potato. So you project onto somebody else, you pass it to somebody else, you bring it home to everybody else in your house. And we have a tendency, I'm not saying this is conscious, to let loose right. on the people who are closest to us or who we feel the safest with. Right. And that can lead to a great deal of stress mm -hmm. and, um, and difficulty. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it builds. It's like layers. It builds. And this is where like, it's, it's not about staying in that place of getting ready to get ready. It's about like, just get ready to say, you know what? I do want something different. You even saying, I do want something different. Yeah, it changes. It cracks it open. Yep. It cracks it open. And that's where your brilliance is at because you're like, let's get behind those blind spots because you don't even know what's blocking you. Why? Yeah. Because it's all buried in your subconscious mind. Yeah. 97%, according to Bruce Lipton, who's a biologist, so he understands the human body, 97% of our response to the external world comes from our subconscious mind, which is one of our operating systems, if you think about it like a computer, versus our conscious mind is only 3% of how we respond. Yeah. Yeah, that's an even more stringent number than I had worked with. I had heard 10 and 90, but 97 and three doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And even like the conscious mind can process something like 40 million bits of information a minute, but the subconscious mind is taking in like 10 times that. Right. Every minute. It's like, so what you're subconscious unconscious is like recognizing the temperature in the room like all this data is coming in but the conscious mind is only dealing with a little bit and here's the thing they're dealing with only what you have decided is worthy of paying attention for yeah there's this, this there's this bundle of nerves that connects the brain stem to the spinal column called the reticular activating system and that's this relationship, <laughs> right? That's what it is. It's like, it's the part that says, I'm going to be aware for these things mm. and everything else just gets, the data comes in, but it's not sorted for anything, ah. which is why, like, I, I use the example of like having broken the side view mirror on yeah. the passenger side of my car. This is over a decade ago. And I was so frustrated, one, because to replace it was going to be expensive. And then I couldn't see on the, like the passenger side and I'm driving, 
um, my kids to school one morning and I brush up against a garbage can, turn the corner and I break the other one. So now I've got them both broken. And all of a sudden it seemed like everywhere I looked, I was noticing cars with broken side view mirrors. And the thing is, did the actual incidents, the number of broken mirrors increase in that like 48 hour window? No, my attention for it did. My 3% of conscious thought or conscious awareness yep. was suddenly filtering all that other data that was coming in. It was filtering for broken mirrors. Right. Right. Totally. Everything works that way. And then the minute those mirrors were fixed, I can't tell you the last time I noticed a car with a broken mirror. Are they still out there? Yes, of course, of course they, they are. are. So this is where um, really recognize, and again, this is another reference to my first book. I talk about the crabs in your bucket. Mm -hmm. So meaning like if you put one crab inside of a bucket, it can crawl out by itself, no problem. But if you put five crabs in a bucket, as one tries to crawl out, the other one's pulling back in. So social media is a great example of this. Somebody says something, it triggers somebody, and then it goes trigger, 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 trigger. Mm -hmm. And you trigger like 50 people in like 30 seconds flat. Know that those are your crabs in the bucket right? If it's that big of a trigger and that big of a, that means you're getting sucked into something that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And that's where the subconscious mind goes in. So when you're choosing to say, you know what, I just know I want something different. Know that what happens in that moment is those crabs in the bucket will come out to try to pull you back into the bucket. Yeah. And it's really important. And that's why some of the tools like, um, uh, sitting back and meditating or prayer, meditation, walks, exercise, all of that gives you emotional space mm -hmm. to observe other people's behaviors as you shift your life so that you're not engaging in whatever projection, like you were talking about earlier, like their projection onto you. And, and so that you can stay in your power and not come from that subconscious mind but come from a conscious place. Yeah. And not an easy task, particularly when we have things like pandemics, politics, and economic volatility beyond belief. Like mm -hmm. we have a lot of systemic stuff going on right now that are real deals. But the question is, is what are you gonna plug into and what are you gonna not plug into, right? And yeah. And it's important just to, to, to try to be in the state of the observer as much as you can so that you can get to that place of internal happiness. Yeah, and, and that observer is the one that asks these questions. The observer is the one that says, what do you really want? What would you prefer? What stands in your way? You know, and are any of those things, any of the answers that come from those questions, are any of those valid? Are they real? Yep. Is that a real block or is that just something that a little smoke and mirrors? Well, I've started to really question that in so many areas of my world, right? Mm -hmm. And, but even the work life, like, even though, you know, we run our own companies, um, it's important, like, to get to that next place in your own evolution. It's asking those questions again. So, you know, you know, I walk people through the packed process in my mm -hmm. book, Awaken Your Wealth. And um, that process doesn't stop because you keep reevaluating, you keep raising yourself to that next place. Like, mm -hmm. 
we evolve. And so never stop asking those questions. Yeah. Because that's like the most self-love and self-care you could ever do. Mm -hmm. Is to love yourself enough to keep bringing up those questions to find out what's true for you today. Mm -hmm. You know, not, you know, five, 10 years ago. That's the thing is you may be in a great job and you love the people you're with, but it maybe didn't feed your soul today like it did 10 years ago. Correct. And tapping into just that feeling, you could get excited, you could get scared, you could, there could be sadness of you wish it could have been like it was, but other people moved on. Mm-hmm. They're all, those are all valid. Yeah. And it's important to feel those feelings, but yet, recognize that your soul's not being fulfilled at that time. And that's where those feelings are coming from. Perpetual inquiry. Mm. Well, you know what? And here's the thing we deserve to do. I don't know how many other people out there used to have bosses that would have you write your own annual review. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't want to fill in the piece of paper themselves. (laughs) Or they they didn't keep the detail. Like they couldn't really tell you all of the things that you did. Like they... That says a lot. They didn't make the notes. They didn't have the backup. They couldn't call out, you know, which is why it's like, I am a huge advocate. If you aren't already keep a journal. Right. right. And daily write down the stuff that you're doing so that at the end of the week or the end of the quarter or at the six month review mark, you can go back through your own notes and be like, oh, look, man, I was a star. I did this and this. this, this, this." (laughs) Because it's just like, doing that kind of annual review at work like it's every you have every it's every bit is valid for you to say is this still working for me yep and what do i what would i love like what would it be cool to be part of can i make a suggestion worst case is they say no we can't do it like (laughs) what what do i want to make happen Mm. like what would be cool fun bring me the giggles here at work and allow yourself to be in that creative space to let it be something. What I always tell people is sometimes um, I have people, I walk them through an exercise where I have them close their eyes. Like they're sitting in front of me. They came to a financial meeting <laughs> and, and I have them doing stuff that they never expected to do. Right. Um, I have them close their eyes, open, you know, make sure your feet are flat on the ground, not crossed mm-hmm. and then open up your palms. So those of you who are watching, why don't you do this with me real quick? So I want you to breathe in and blah. What would you like to change in your work life? What first popped in? Would you like to play? Did anything pop in, Karen? Oh my God, I want to me too. <laughs> like a, like I, I want like. You want a wife? Yeah, like it, <laughs> like it, like a, like a, I don't know, brand manager, marketing manager, or something. Like absolutely. Right. So this is what right I'm going to illustrate. Why I have them do that so quickly. And the minute I have you breathe out, I go, what is it? And then I need to stop it like 30 seconds after I said that, because otherwise now you're in your head evaluating it and going, how would I get that? The operating system started going. It was like, and it's that first gut instinct, that first thing that came up. So like, I would say to somebody going, okay, so how do we get the me too? How do we get your wife at work? 
right? What's the next right step? And even if it means like, like I was thinking this morning, I'm going, you know, I need a virtual assistant. You know, I need somebody just to like take over some of my scheduling stuff Mm -hmm. because things are getting lost in emails, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, so how do I do that? How do I, how do I get that person? And then I was like, oh, that person also needs to be somebody who can go dig and get me on podcasts because I want to be on more podcasts. Yeah. And tell my story. You know, I've, so- got a, I've got a rolling activity list. Like I built this little spreadsheet and every time I'm doing something, it has to fall into a category. Like, would this be the econ manager? Or would this be like my assistant? Would this be like, so that those activities that I'm doing, so that makes perfect, makes perfect sense to me. It makes, yeah. Right. But these are, but what, what did you just do? You ask yourself, you ask two questions. What do you really need right now? Right. That was the first one. Okay. For me, it was like this, I called it me too, but I meant mini me, right? Like over there. And then um, what's the first thing you need to do? Do you see how like the questioning is the pet? Like that's the, that's the practice exactly. is to constantly be asking like how to move yourself forward. We don't, we can't, we can't move forward. We can't take the steps. We can't take the action without clarifying what that action should be or what it is that we need. And so when we stop asking questions and we're just sitting in the like, I don't like this. Right. Well, and that's been the beauty of the pandemic. It has forced us into a space that literally created the space and time because we're not commuting back and forth to work. We're not going out to restaurants. We're not, you know, doing whatever else we used to do to distract ourselves from asking ourselves these questions. Mm-hmm. So whether, you know, as things start to open up and we start to move back into the world, it's really important to create the space and the time to ask those questions. Because yeah, I, mean, yeah, like, I don't want people to freak out thinking that they've got to set aside hours to do this. No, it's not like that. Here, here's my here's my uh, a recommendation. That's like an add on to what Julie's suggesting. Is there is someone that you know? You may not know them well, or you may know them well. They may be somebody you've known all your life, or it may be somebody that you just met. Or if you don't have anybody that comes to mind after I explain to you what you're going to be looking for, then just put it out there that you're looking. It, oh, I said put it out there. I mean to project, to pray, to meditate on finding, having somebody come into your life that can serve as this accountability slash support slash believing eyes person in your life. You just need somebody who can you can have these conversations with, that you can share some of this information with, that you can be the questioner. Because sometimes we can't question, we can't, we can't do this for ourselves. Now, of course, Julie and I are here for you and we would love for you to like join us, but even as a tool, like you most immediately, it's like when you need to clean out your closet and you know it, <laughs> like walk into your closet and you're like, oh, but I still like that. And your friend is saying, girl, you haven't worn that in 10 years. Plus, I don't even know, like, is that style still in? Uh-uh, out of here. Sometimes you just need that objective point of view to really press you. That's so true. I I have a sister-in-law who is amazing at that. Mm -hmm. And literally, because I know being one of 12 kids, some of my subconscious stuff is Mm -hmm. that you're always holding onto it for the rainy day. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We realize in that rainy day stuff, we have stuffed in our closets and stuff like that, that that's unprocessed emotions that are blocking you from moving to this next right step for yourself, mm-hmm. even in your work life. And it's like, people go, well, how can my closets be related to my work life? It's like, it's all related to you. You're yeah. the common element here. Yeah. It shows up like, you have one of those desks at work that's like the leaning tower of Pisa because that's <laughs> like that's your unprocessed emotions about your job because you have a bunch of crap sitting around you right yeah. closets are the same thing and yeah. so sometimes you just need somebody to kind of keep nudging you you know right after um my divorce I had my sister-in-law over here and I go help me pilfer through all this let's go and yeah. it was a blast like it was so fun because I just had that one person who's just kind of like, boop, 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 and she was just pushing me through. Yeah. And it was great because she's totally right with everything that she said. Yeah. And you know what? She also doesn't have a problem with like, she's like, just throw the garbage. I'm like, well, but if I donated it here, I did that. She goes, get rid of it. <laughs> like we had our donation piles, but other stuff was like, she goes, Julie, do you think somebody actually really wants that? Like, yeah, exactly right. It's because like there is a connection to it doesn't mean that everybody else is going to have an emotional connection. No, like those that t-shirt or that sweater that's got a couple of like like little. like uh, what do you call it holes in it because the little moths or whatever have gotten to it. But you're like it was a no. Would you ever really want somebody to wear that sweater with pride? No, <laughs> out of here. Ooh. Or use it as pillow stuffing or something. You know, like but no. Right. Donate only that which you, which is really is usable and that you would be proud having somebody else put on. Like if it's, forget those ratty t-shirts, I'm not really trying to wear your son's college or high school <laughs> t-shirt. No, use those as rags around the house. Right. And, and this is all related to like, it's like you're, stop getting ready to get ready it you know what you are prime for this change you've known it for a long time that something's got to shift yeah and so I just encourage each of you to like love yourself enough to decide that yep I'm gonna change yeah Even if you don't know what that looks like yeah because yeah. it will show up the minute you crack that open like we were talking about earlier the minute you shift then all of a sudden everything else can shift because it's all energetically tied. Yeah. And sometimes all you have to do, there's another Juliism is decide. <laughs> like it really is not these major actions or activities. It can be like really subtle, subtle shifts. Totally. Like it's just, it goes from the idea and it drops into the heart and acceptance here. There's an acceptance that has to happen here. Mm-hmm. in order for it to get processed through to really right. it's like the idea comes in here you yep. start to see it you t- start to talk about it you give yep. it a heartbeat but there's so much that gets clogged between the bright idea and actually the thing getting a heartbeat right it often gets stuck here oh yeah that's why you got to sing at the top of your lungs around your house <laughs> And then it doesn't, it look for women, it never makes its way down to the womb. It never gets nurtured and then it can't be birthed, right? It doesn't get there. Cause we stay up here and then we talk to all of our friends about it and we did it and it can't land because you're no. keeping it up here. 
Yeah. And energetically, the universe can't differentiate. Mm -hmm. And your subconscious is not differentiating between you just talking about it. Right. And actually creating it. Yep. Totally true. It's beautiful. <laughs> so change is here, everybody. Come here. Let us help you because we will support you in that change for you to get to that next right step. Yeah. We're here every Wednesday, 11 a.m. And we're here to help. Any other last minute tidbits popping in, Miss Karn? No, not today. I just want to wish everybody a fresh start. Yeah. Just a and fresh so start. It is. And so it is. Thanks, everybody. Have the best okay. week ever. See you next week. <laughs> Bye.